I'd like to welcome everyone to the Redemption Tempe podcast, where we believe that all of life is all for Jesus. I'm your host, Warren Williams, and today I'm here with uh, Jim Mullen and uh, lead pastor Redemption, Cardo Stewart. What's going on? So uh, today um, we're going to focus on the book of Genesis. You know, if you're following along, if you've been keeping up in the uh, squid you know, your squid reading plan. Um, I've talked to a lot of people and it seems like, you know, everyone is pretty doing a pretty good job of keeping up. And, you know, we've had so, so many great conversations within our RC groups and, um, you know, it's just been really going well. So uh, today we want to focus on how the book of Genesis can help shape our view on, uh, you know, the various cultural topics. There's a lot of things within Genesis, a lot of uh, things that are going on that are really parallel to society today so we want to kind of relate that back to you want to relate what's going on in genesis back to today's world speak on those implications um so today we're going to look at several aspects of life through the lens of the book of genesis we're talking about technology social media family work calling sports you name it we're probably going to get to it at uh in some in some form or fashion and uh yeah we want to look at how the book of genesis might have implications for even where we choose to live so um jim you've been here you've been on the the podcast one time already but can you just give a give us a brief introduction of uh ricardo right yeah are we going to do one of those again where you introduce him i think so all right all right it it worked well the first time so why not let's do it let's do it um ricardo stewart is uh legendary for his athletic career, you may think it's because he was a professional football or a, a college football player and, you know, and got to try out with some uh, professional teams and those sorts of things. You may think that's what I'm talking about, but actually, we there's been a new Olympic sport. It's the Olympic sport of talking, and Ricardo is the superstar of that team. Uh, he can talk uh, from morning to evening with stamina and ability and creativity that's like cold, few that's people cold. I've ever met. So it's good that it's a talking medium that we have right here. All right. So, um, you know, Ricardo, I expect you to throw some. Throw some shots back at you. No, I think just a, a simple introduction of Jim. Jim Mullins, you guys all know Jim. Jim's a really kind guy. He's the gardener. He's the social justice guy. He's the one who's bringing Muslims to Jesus. But what people really don't know about Jim uh-huh. is Jim is very passionate about basketball. It's true. Very That's passionate true. about basketball. And you could get him talking about basketball, talk about coaching and so forth. I never thought that someone who looks like a defensive tackle <laughs> would actually be the type of basketball coach and care about basketball as much as he does. But truth be told, this guy knows a lot about the X's and O's uh, of the game of basketball as well as his biggest gift and uh, contribution to to, to society is his expertise on what vanilla ice cream tastes like. Mm, but true. he's fasting from it because he's away from sugar, so yeah. I'll take all the ice cream that Jim is not eating. Yeah. I'll eat. Yep. And if you don't know anything about Jim, his uh, favorite coach, NBA, Greg Popovich. So if you have any pictures, <laughs> post-ups of uh, Greg Popovich, you know, whenever Jim's birthday rolls around. That's the least true you know. thing that has ever been said on any <laughs> podcast ever. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, thanks for the introductions, guys. Uh, you know, before launching into the, you know, our discussion on Genesis, uh, I wanted to ask a couple of questions about the the life of the church. Um, Ricardo, you know, we started this True Story project. Um, you know, it's, the ball's been the ball's been rolling, and um, you know, just we've seen a lot of good come out of it, and. I just want to get some of your opinions on, like, you know, how do you think the project is going? 
Yeah, I, I think a lot of the things that have been um, happening so far within the True Story Project are the things uh, that that the team, the work that they put together before this whole thing got started. I mean, uh, things are running smoothly. The, all we have to do as a congregation is just read the Bible. Mm. What's been provided for us, these podcasts, the resources, the books. Um, now we, we've been able to have the, the app that's available. And oh, so now yeah, the reading man. plan is on is online. I mean, you can have it in your phone, which Seriously. everybody goes to an app. So that so far has been the best for me. I mean, I've been a lead pastor at this church for almost five years now, and I don't think we've been more prepared for anything we've done um, as much as being prepared for this. And so I think that's going well. And I do think that people are trying their hardest to keep up and follow along Definitely. with Genesis. And my hope so far is happening. And that hope was... The, when people talk about The Walking Dead or people you know, yeah. years ago were talking about Lost or whatever big show was on Netflix or on TV, you would catch up with somebody and they, you can hear them talk, well, did you watch last night episode? Yeah. And you would almost yeah. feel left out because like, oh, I haven't watched it yet. And it's been like that with the true story. Like, man, do you see what happened in Genesis? <laughs> like, do you know Abraham? Abraham keeps doing the same things over and over, yeah. over, and over again. So that, that has been great because we've been all following along together um, in this story. It's been something I'd be able to mention in Sermon. Uh, um, illustrations and so forth and so so far so good you know I really love that uh, that reference to television I have a girl in my RC and she was like you know I've watched I watch like four to five hours of TV every night mm. she was like but since this project has started you know it's like this is like uh, the newest sitcom for her almost yeah. she's like excited it's like yeah. well what's happening next with Abraham like I can't believe this happened like so uh, you know it's been really exciting very exciting um, so Jim I want to kick it over to you what are some things you think that you know we have to look forward to in the life of our church? Like, give us an update, or uh, you know what's going on. Sure, there's a lot of good things going on right now. Um, one is that our first Wednesday is coming up soon. It's coming up on October 5th. First Wednesdays are our monthly gathering where we reflect on uh, the gospel and culture, the true story of the whole world, and different cultural aspects. This upcoming first Wednesday, we're going to have Josh Butler. He's the author of Skeletons in God's Closet and Pursuing God. He's a friend of our church. Uh, he'll be there to talk about violence and in particular, making sense of the violence in the Old Testament. But we're also going to talk about some of the implications for the violence that we see in the world today. Uh, also, uh, we have an app. As a church, we actually have an app. So, Right now, if you're near a phone, download that app. Uh, this, I think, is going to be a key way of us being able to communicate with you. Um, the other thing is that open Bible studies have started. So every Wednesday, except for the Wednesdays where we have first Wednesday, at 6.30 p.m., we're, we're just going to have Bible studies available for people um, to just walk in at 6.30. We've got a men's Bible study and a women's Bible study, and we'll be talking about stuff from the reading of that week. You don't even have to have read anything to be involved in it. Just show up and then come with a Bible. And even if you don't come with a Bible, we'll get you one. Mm. That's good. And then, uh, you know, also just to look forward to, you know, we have more episodes of the podcast coming along. We're going to be looking forward to answering all your questions, you know, talking through those difficult things and hopefully, you know, being able to provide some clarity. And actually, we one thing we haven't done yet on the podcast that we're going to be doing in the future is we're going to be interviewing some top notch theologians like Mike uh, Goheen and Mark Glanville and other people whose name starts with M uh, and is a white person not from America. So. Yeah, yeah. So definitely be on the, the lookout for that. And, uh, you know, I'm just thankful, man. We have two 
I have two theologians to my to my left and my right, you know. So, uh, you know, really excited, and yeah, we're gonna be hearing from so many different uh, voices, and uh, just a lot to look forward to. So, let's get into uh, let's start talking about Genesis. Um, you know, before we even get into the specifics, what are some appropriate and kind of inappropriate ways of applying the Bible to our culture? Well, one of the things that needs to be said is you can't just open up the Bible, read something that happened 2,000 years ago and is a different part of the story than we're living in today and just have a one-to-one application of it. Uh, that's where a lot of, of people have gotten into trouble over the years and use the Bible to justify some, some pretty wicked things. Like uh, one example would be the, the Canaanite conquest. Uh, settlers who were coming to the, to the United States um, would open up the Bible, read about the, 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 the conquest, the Canaanite conquest, and then directly apply the commands to, to take the land uh, that happened in, in in Joshua, for example, uh, to themselves, and they would take the land away from the Native Americans uh, in very hostile ways. Um, so we can't do that. We can't just do a one-to-one thing. We're living in a different part of the story, but there are implications. So what we do is we look at the Bible. We look at the, the book of the Bible, Genesis, for example, and we say, what is the message of that book and what is it trying to communicate um, that is universal. So the message of the book in many ways is it's telling Israel's story, it's telling the, the, the beginning of Israel's story narratively. Uh, it, it starts in the beginning with Genesis 1 and 2 by making these massive universal claims about the way that the world is, that God is over everything, humans are made in this image, that we've been given stewardship. It talks about uh, the problem in the world and that it's sin, but then also throughout uh, the 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 book of Genesis, you see that the major theme is that God sets up a mission to extend blessing to all families of the earth. So uh, those things are, are some of the things that we begin to ask questions like, how are we conduits of that blessing and mm. participants in in God's mission, rather than just saying like, well, I read about Jacob and Esau. So does that mean I can steal something from my brother? Right, you know, that sort right, of thing. Right, right, right. And just kind of understanding too that uh, difference between descriptive and prescriptive. And, um, you know, if you're kind of struggling with this too, I would also suggest the Bible Project videos. I think they do really do a great job of like, you know, helping you, you know, frame things within the, the greater story. Um, Ricardo, do you have any, uh, I guess, any tips or anything that you can kind of talk about of inappropriate or appropriate ways of applying the Bible in our culture? Yeah, I think that, well especially Genesis, I think you should read it as it is. It is God talking about, or Moses writing about what happened. And it's just like if somebody came to your apartment and they begin to tell you, how was your night? Well, let me tell you how last night went. They're not saying that they agree with all of it. They're not even saying that they condone all of it. Right. They're just explaining how it went. Yeah. Now, you can take from that ultimately um, what was good, what was right, what was true, what was beautiful, and what should be, what should happen again. I think that's massively important. The other thing is you're not just getting into the story of Abraham. You're not just getting the story of Isaac or Jacob or Rebecca, or Rachel, or Adam or Eve or anything. You're actually getting into the story of God. And I think that's massively important to see what kind of God sticks with people like this. Wow. What sort of God would actually continue to say, these are my people? Yeah. Because yeah, so far in the story, 
this is like a crazy Jerry Springer episode after episode after episode. Definitely. And, Definitely. And, and you're going, but yet God's going, that's my people. And he keeps coming back and going, and not only are you my people, you see the, you see the sand, you see the stars, there's going to be more crazy people just like you. <laughs> and they're going to be my people too. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so, Ricardo, uh, kind of what we spoke about, you know, when as we started off the show, we want to talk about uh, Genesis or the Bible's implications in all culture, all of life, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, first, how do you think the message of the book of Genesis shapes the way we view sports? And as a you know former athlete like yourself, man, I'm sure you'll uh, you'll give us a good lens to think this or to see this through. Yeah. Well, so far I haven't seen anything that really would would classify as sports per se. Um, however, I think you see the undergirdings of what the things that are intangible that are needed for sports. Yeah. First, when you see God. Uh, create Eve you have this desire of Adam to pursue her there's something about initiation that is you know just take an initiative that's not just a man pursue a woman or but a man pursuing a job or a woman pursuing mm-hmm. a job but it's looking at something that you would desire and that you would go after it and you would express some sort of passion about it so he says uh, flesh of my flesh bone of my bones he's like right. writing a song yeah right yeah. yeah yeah you know I like to say that uh, that Genesis 2 right there that's the first R&B song and then Genesis 4 when, when <laughs> sing it no, R&B sing it. for him was like rib and bone yeah. that's what Adam did he went there he went there yeah. so, so that's the first R&B song but then Lamech in yeah. Genesis 4 when he starts talking about how he's going to kill more people than Cain that's like the first yeah. rap song right there so. hey, yeah. he's like, straight out of Ur <laughs> Uh, so yeah so you see that you see that that passion that i think that you need for football the other thing that i think you 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 need is the idea of of teamwork okay um and do you see good teamwork and you see bad teamwork Mm. all right both scenarios that i'm going to give are not the best scenarios because they're just coming off the top of the dome but when we see that dina is is raped that's a very very bad thing yeah and her brothers rightfully so are furious right i'm reading this with my seven-year-old and before i know what's about to happen but i said what would you do and he said i go beat him up there's something about that that's not just revenge but going i need to actually do something because something was taken from me mm. like i gotta, I gotta go good. back and get that back um now they had to murder everybody um that wasn't good um the other side where you see good teamwork but not an understanding of the coach is the tower hmm. of bible the hmm. tower of bible they're like let's do this we're gonna be put together and we're gonna make this happen but they went rogue and the coach blew the whistle and gave them all different languages <laughs> right uh i think i think some of the bigger implications that you that you have um because i think sports is just an opportunity to teach life is the opportunity of failure wow that failure is inevitable and failure is not fatal because we're seeing it over and over again that we see the gracious acts of God that even when Cain kills Abel, God is like, you know what? I'm going to do something for you that nobody right. kills you. Even when Abraham goes out of his way and tries to make God's plan happen apart from God and he gets Hagar pregnant right. and Hagar um, runs away. Yeah, she she's to take her son. Away. She's yeah, crying. Yeah. She's crying because she knows I'm about to lose my baby. Right. And then God protects her and blesses her and provides for her and her child that you see Abraham again and again and again fail and yet God is still the God of Abraham right the God of Isaac and if he if anybody in the story so far he shouldn't be the God of is yeah. Jacob 
Definitely. Right? Yeah. And so it's, it is it is what you would hope in sports is wherever a team starts off in the beginning of the season, you want to see what they're at the end. And God keeps doing that. They start off as Jacob, but then they become Israel. Right. They start off as Abram, but they become Abraham. They start off as Sarah, they become Sarah. Like right. there's this picture of, of God actually seeing the full process. And right. I think that sports in itself, hopefully from start to finish, there's a development, there's a growth, there's a progression. Um, that happens in in the team and also in the in an athlete. So there's plenty more. I'm sure you can you can you can draw implications out of that. And, and, and I think that there are some people some people who would say that sports doesn't matter. Just care about spiritual things. It, and I think one of the places where you see the value of sports is, is the fact that human image bearers are the ones who are playing sports. And in all of creation, you cannot see any animal or any plant doing anything like swinging a baseball bat or dunking a basketball. Uh, the uniqueness of humanity that's really displayed in Genesis 1 and 2 as image bearers of God is displayed by the u- unique attributes which are manifested through something like sports. Hmm. And you can sure. see aspects of God's character in the very aspects of good athletic performance. So when you see a powerful dunk from someone like... I don't know, Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. The reason why you resonate with that is because your heart was meant to 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 love power because God is a powerful God. When you see the unique skill of LeBron James who is both fast and strong at the same time, diverse uh, excellencies being brought together in one person, you are reminded of the one in Jesus who the diverse excellencies come together in him, that he's the lion, he's the lamb, he's the God of wrath and the God of mercy. He is full of grace and full of truth. And just any good thing you see in sports that gets you fired up, that's an echo of the God that we were made to worship and reflect as his image bearers. Oh, that's good. That's good. And also, like, you see Robert Ori at the last minute. Stop it. You know, just pull up. Robert Ori. Robert Ori. Is uh, is a reflection of what happens in Genesis three, where evil starts filling the earth. I had, you know, oh, I, I always have to, Jim. I always have to poke you on the, the Robert Ory yeah. thing. So if you're, if you're on the podcast, just expect it, man. And and by the way, someone told told me they said the podcast has a, a few more hip hop references and basketball references than they know. And I don't know what to tell you because that's like the only things we know. We'll yeah. try to work in a country music reference at some point. That's the goal today. Yes, a country, yes. Country, country music. music re- I will make a reference to I, Garth Brooks. No, no. no. What you realize no. is when Abraham and Lot were together, they had to split because Abraham knew they needed wide open spaces. I think that's a country music. That's song, a reference right? that y'all don't even know. <laughs> I'm bringing things to the table. That's go. a little Dixie Chicks, right? That's good. That's good. Two thousand. <laughs> That's good. So, yeah, we'll work on uh, brushing up on our country music knowledge. But, uh, you know, I want to move on. So, Jim, you know, how can uh, the book of Genesis kind of shape our understanding of work and calling? And You know, a lot of times, you know, well, we've kind of cleared this up that work is not a result of Genesis 3. It was established before. So, you know, how can the book of Genesis, you know, you have uh, uh, diligent workers like Joseph, right, mm-hmm. that are just uh, just showing, a, you know, God's uh, glory, you know, they're really glorifying God in how they work, you know, and they've been elevated to, he was elevated to a, you know, high position. So what do you, I mean, how do you think, the, you know, characters and narratives like that help shape our understanding of work and calling? 
Yeah, I think that you bring up a good example in yeah. Joseph. It seems like the entire book of Genesis is filled with despicable people, mm-hmm. like bad guys. I mean, I do not like Jacob. When it talks about Jacob and Esau, God chooses Jacob. Right. I'm like, I kind of like Esau better. And but I don't know. I think maybe the Bible's supposed to it's it's wants us to feel that way to show the uniqueness of God's calling and who he works through. But when you say someone like Joseph, he ends up being like seemingly the the one good guy of the right. book of Genesis. Right. And the one that is responding in faithfulness and that God is using. And what is his job? He's a politician. Yeah. He's he you know, it's interesting the one good guy in the book of Genesis is a politician. He's the prime minister of e- of Egypt and his presence and God working through him there is really an affirmation of the various types of work and calling um that God chooses to work uh to put us in. And I think a few other things. One is that you see in Genesis 1 and 2 God is a worker. That's true. Um, that's you good. see you yeah. see God that's, that's working. Yeah. And and I pulled something from a little sermon I did a long time ago, but just to note a few things. God is the great architect who perfectly designed the world. He's the construction worker who gets his hands dirty and is a craftsman and builds it. He's the interior designer who created the full spectrum of colors and paints and 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 uh flowers and people. He's the great auditor who looks over all of creation and keeps saying it is good, it wow. is good, it yeah. is good. That's good. He's the entrepreneur. He's the farmer before all farmers whose work is behind every morsel of food you've ever had. The landscaper, the pioneer of the hospitality industry as he makes something that's hospitable uh, and habitable for humans. And all throughout Genesis, you see God working. And then when he puts them in the garden and and he says, like it says in Genesis 2.15, he put them in the, the garden to work it and to keep it. The, the, the purpose of humanity, the vocation of humanity is to work. Before mm. sin entered in the world, we were given work. But also what Genesis shows us is that work after Genesis 3 is deeply affected by the fall. And you see sin influences work and and in every industry you're going to see the presence of sin of of idolatry of of, yeah yeah, of injury Uh this comes from the fall and you even see with uh cain and abel i think this is really clear cain and abel are both worshiping god and uh and abel's uh, offering his yeah. offering right. was was actually the fruit of his work, right? Um, and the same with Cain; they were both working, but b- both of them, one of them was working as worship; the other one was working in a, somehow in a way that displeases God. And the o- other thing that I would just say, the last thing I'll say, because um, I could monologue about work stuff all day, <laughs> is that what you see in Genesis twelve of God starting a mission of blessing is that that uh, the implication there is that God's people are in God's mission of blessing and our work is intended to be a blessing to others. Wow. So if you're working for a payday loan place, you should probably put in your resignation because <laughs> it's not a blessing. Yeah. But uh, if you're providing food, electricity, uh, uh, goods and services that help people flourish, that is a part of God blessing others through the work of your hands. That's really good, uh, you know. And like you said, we do we do see all these great reflections of you know work and um, just God blessing people, you know, because of their hard work and 
um, you know, the, the, the spirit that they're working out of. So um, just kind of moving on to, you know, this 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 section right here, I'm sure, is, uh, you know, really applicable to us in this social media age. Um, you know, Ricardo, you kind of spoke about it, kind of touched on this this past Sunday, even in your sermon, when you talked about, you know, how uh, sometimes we treat celebrities like they're not image bearers. Right. Yeah. And uh, definitely, you know, that, that I'm sure that hit home and resonated with a lot of us because it's, it's really true. You know, the things that are said sometimes on Facebook and Twitter or whatever the, the, the respective means are just terrible, man. So, uh, you know, how can the book of Genesis shape the way we engage in social media? That's a great question. Um, first of all, I'm probably not the best to talk about engaging social media. Yeah. Given that I don't have any social media outlets currently. Well, I think uh, I think it's actually good because you and I both do different things, but I think the things that we do are both intentional. So I think it'd be good to hear from someone who uh, has intentionally made decisions to not be on, and then yeah. vice versa. Yeah, let me let me let me let me think about this Genesis thing. I mean, I'd have to go back to Genesis one and the whole idea of being image bearers. Right. That God has always existed. There's never there's not a start, starting point with God. He's always existed. He's always had the opportunity to share. He's been able to share his love, his presence, and so forth within the triune God. The Father's lavishing love on the Son, and the Son and the Father, and the Spirit accentuating that love, and, and it's beautiful. And then God gets an opportunity not to create, because he creates the world, right. but to share. And the one thing that he desires, decides to share is that his image, and he does that with humanity. So it matters. <laughs> It matters a lot. He didn't share his image with, with uh, the animals. He didn't right. share his animal, uh, image with the plants. He gave it to those in whom he created, and he created us, uh, male and female, in his image. So regardless, there's a lot of beauty, and there's a lot of value and purpose and dignity. And I feel like that's a part of the story when we think about good news that we leave out. We immediately go to Genesis 3, and we start talking about sin. And I think social media reflects that. I think it reflects something about we know we're broken. And we know that the image of God in us has not been obliterated, uh-huh. but it's at least like a mirror that someone threw a baseball at. It's been shattered. Ah, and, and I know that I'm broken, but man, I love it that you are too. Man, I know that I'm broken, but man, I'm glad that this girl, uh, this guy, they fell too. Because there's something about us that we don't want to see um, somebody else just get it all. And even like, look at it. Some of the celebrities, they do things they shouldn't do. I, I get it. But I feel like more than anything, social media gives an opportunity. Like, did you see? Have you heard? It's true. Can you believe? It's true. Um, and, you know, we, we, we love it. We eat it up. Uh, before, yeah. before, I don't know if it was before social media, but when I was in, high, in college, my freshman year, I remember it was all about Britney Spears. Mm. And Britney Spears was everything. It's true. And yet true. we couldn't wait for Britney to crack. We yeah. couldn't wait for her to crack. And yeah. I think it shows something about us um, and our brokenness that we like to see other people be equally as broken. Yeah, we like to gawk and, and say, oh, man, we're, we're so much better than them. You know, it's, it's really true. Um, so you've chosen not to be on social media. Yeah. Why, what, what has uh, brought you to that choice? Yeah. Um, so let me try to keep in within Genesis. Let me sort of rack my head if I can see something in Genesis. Um, so you, can, you can break the, the boundaries I, of I can, yes. I can break. Yeah. I, 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 I can break the boundaries. Okay, so there's, there's a part of me that doesn't understand i'm gonna keep it in genesis okay it doesn't understand why lot is in sodom and gomorrah to begin with Hmm. but he's there and he's there and 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 he expresses some sort of care because he knows he knows better so when the when the angels of the lord show up he knows like wait a minute they should not be participating in the things that are happening here and he tries to protect them meanwhile you see abraham 
And Abraham probably has an idea of what's happening in, in Sodom and Gomorrah. And yet he pleads to God. Right. And he doesn't plead to God, like, just get a lot out. You remember that? It's like, yeah, no, no, yeah, Lord, yeah. Lord, if there's 50, 50 yeah. there probably ain't 50. Lord, if there's 45, 40. there probably not 45. Man. And he yeah, just keeps he going, just going, yeah. like, Lord, would you do something right. about this? Abraham's not there. He's not experiencing it. And yet he, he wants to get engaged. I feel like I want to be engaged. Okay. And I feel like there's a lot of white noise that was getting in the way of me being engaged. And when I was reading things on uh, Facebook, or I didn't have Facebook at the time, but Instagram and Twitter, there was so much white noise that was bringing up so much anger in me, I began to be the opposite of Abraham. Lord, there's no one out there. Huh. Wow. And and um, wow. and it, it was very it was bothering me personally to view people who I know, love, and trust on the basis of comments that they were posting without understanding the background. So I felt if I wanted to have a conversation, it was going to be a conversation in context, not a few characters or a picture right. or a repost or something right. like that. And so I miss out on some things, some, some babies being born that I'm yeah. like, oh, your baby was born. I didn't know about that. I miss out on a few things, but um, people know that I'm not on it. And so they, they, will, they will let me know. Right. So I feel like I want to know what's going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. But more than anything, I want to I wanna be like Abraham to know, Lord, there might be 50. Huh. That's pretty optimistic. Man. That, pretty pessimistic. You know what, Ricardo? I'll give you, I'll give you that. That was really skillfully done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> good, uh, I guess, uh, analogy there, uh, you know, using the book of Genesis. So, uh, Counterpoint. Yeah, Jim, you know, you're on yeah. social media, very prominent, you know, social media figure, you know, <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> You know, I guess give us, you know, your viewpoint, you know, why you're, why you're, why you choose to engage in social media and also how can Genesis help, you know, shape how we engage in social sure, media. Sure, Well, I will say this. I'll say that, um, with what Ricardo says, I respect the reasoning of that quite a bit. Um, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of times people say, well, I'm not on social media because, uh, what do they say? Because I don't, I don't have time for that or right. people, you know, whatever. Right, right. But, um... Really, I I, th- I respect the way that he does it. Now, um, I'll even start by saying if I wasn't on social media, why, why I wouldn't further is that, I mean, it almost seems like the rupture of life that you see happening in Genesis carries on to social media. Definitely. It's like Laban and Jacob could be arguing about, you know, Trump and Hillary or oh, something like that. especially in this political scene. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Um, and in many ways, too, if you see what's happening in Genesis 3, you see uh, the first thing that happens after sin is that they begin wearing fig leaves and right. they're naked and ashamed right. and they're, they're hiding from each other. They're hiding their true identity. And in many ways, it seems like social media can be the fig leaves of the 21st century where we hide from one another and we put on a different face and we're yeah now the reason why i engage rooted in genesis is that i am amazed by this piece of technology think about the incredible human ability that displays the the character of god of a human being that can put their hands in sand and and cultivate it and make something like silicon mm. and then make computers and then make then cultivate electricity to where now people can communicate across the world i mean the the human creation that goes into something like the internet and in social media is very profound yeah Furthermore, I think uh, it's displayed in the book of Genesis uh, over and over again. What's one thing you see about God? 
He's a God who reveals himself. He's a God of communication. And the seed of creation, we see communication is good and unique in humanity. And you, Facebook can be a tool for rich communication. Definitely. In some ways, think about it like this. Mark Zuckerberg is responsible for more people hearing biblical truth and reading scripture every day than anyone on the face of the earth. Now he's also probably responsible for like pedophile stalking people and stuff. So it's, he doesn't win any awards for, for that. It's, it's equal. But the other thing is, uh, the communication. Um, and furthermore, I think about, uh, Genesis two 15, again, that God put man in the garden to work it and to keep it. And I view every status update Mm. as an opportunity, as like a little part of the sandbox of God's world to cultivate with, with the language he's given in some way to encourage or to bless or to provoke, um, and to participate in that mission of Genesis 12 of, of extending blessing, uh, to others. Now, honestly, when I'm being really honest, sometimes at the end of the day, I'm doing Genesis 10. I'm doing the Tower of Babel to build myself up on it. Yeah. And that's idolatry, and yeah. I think that's a stench to God. So, uh, Jim, I want to pose a hypothetical to you. Yeah, I'm ready okay. for it. Let's say you know, your lease is up on your apartment, and you have to choose where to live. How could the book of Genesis give you the vision for where, where you choose to live? I think that's a fantastic question, and uh, I think that takes some some real reflection. One one of the things you see in the book of Genesis is that um, in the beginning, humans were created to have a relationship with a place. Not only do are is human life sustained by what the place provides. So so the reason why you have energy right now and you are not dead is because a physical piece of land provided food for you, water for you, uh, oxygen from the trees. So our physical places that we live in, they sustain our life. Um, in a real good. yeah, in a fragmented yeah. world that yeah. we're we're in, we we're, we're like disconnected to our food and where right, right. the materials for building come yeah. from. We can devalue that, but um, the other thing you see in Genesis two is that human beings were made as stewards of places. Human beings, a part of the human vocation is to be a placemaker to care for and to draw the potential out of place as Adam and Eve are told in Eden to cultivate it and have dominion and to draw the potential out of it. So with that said, uh, we see that humans are placemakers and are to be attentive to the places in which they live. The other thing that we see after Genesis 3 throughout the whole book of Genesis is that displacement is a result of the fall. Hmm. Immediately, Adam and Eve are sent from from their place of Eden. And, and Cain is sent uh, as a fugitive to walk the earth. Uh, they're scattered after the Tower of Babel. And Abraham's wandering. And Jacob is wandering. And Isaac is wandering. Right, and, and, right. And, and Joseph is, 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 a, is a refugee in the land of Egypt, is a prisoner. You see all of this displacement. And part of what happens in sin is that we get... Uh, disconnected from the physical places that we're supposed to to be caring for. Now, all that's a little bit of theological pontification uh, <laughs> to say to say this. Most of the time, or not most of the time, but much of the time, when people are moving 
in our culture and mm-hmm. they're, they're going to go where they're going to move next. Mm-hmm. They have a Tower of Babel mindset. Of what can I do to build myself up, up, uh to build my reputation up? You're you're looking for the sexiest, the coolest city, the part of town that has the the most culture and notoriety. Uh, And I think that that's an idolatrous way of of viewing um, uh, where to live. Now, what we do see uh, positively is that the... uh, the the emphasis of God working a mission of blessing through his people uh, would would indicate to us that one, wherever we choose to live, blessing, blessing others should be a primary consideration. So some ways you can do that is you could say, I'm, I'm going to choose to live below my means so I can be generous and give to others. Others might say, I'm going to move into areas uh, where there's either poverty or wow. where there are people from other countries right. and saying, I'm going to live in solidarity with them and live near them um, and, and to be a voice for people who are in my community as neighbors. Others might choose to uh, to have a, a house that's close, close to relationships and friendships to sustain the community that they might have. Or even others uh, might choose to 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 pick a house or an apartment that allows for them to extend hospitality and to be a place of celebration and blessing for others. At the end of the day, the where isn't mm-hmm. super important, but what the motive is behind it. Is it a babble motive of trying to make your name great or right. is it a blessing motive of trying to extend blessing and love to others? Wow, that's really good. And, uh, you know, it's just really something that we, we don't you know like think about as we move like you said you know when we move we're looking for basically where we're going to be comfortable the most no not where you know where is god calling us that we can be a blessing to others Uh, so uh and we we need to have a mindset of not not that every place in the world is a buffet for us to consume right but it's a garden for us to cultivate to pour into to to work towards its flourishing and finding our flourishing in its flourishing wow um well i think uh you know i i kind of like the point that uh you brought up about joseph being a a refugee Mm. as well because it's actually gonna kind of lead us into our next episode on our podcast Mm. you know we're gonna be talking about uh you know the first wednesday that passed uh was that last week uh and so you know it, it was on the refugee crisis and, uh, you know, we're going to be discussing that and kind of going through some thoughts on that. But, I mean, even here, you know, it's, it's just really, I'm really thankful that, you know, yourself and Ricardo, you know, kind of able to give us a, you know, a way to think through Genesis that it's more than just a, a history lesson. You know, it has implications in every aspect of life, whether that's your sports, your family life, your work, where you choose to move. So, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, th- that's why this approach really is so important. You know, as we as you as you do your individual squid methods, you know, you think about all those different areas of life and uh, kind of draw those parallels because they're there. They're there. You know, it may take some time to kind of dig out, but they're there. So uh, I just want to thank Ricardo, Jim. Um, Like I said, in our next episode, we're going to be discussing for the first Wednesday on a refugee crisis. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.